Welcome to your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. Join your host, Alexandros Megas, and co-host Vincent Byrne as they walk you through the deepest recesses of the mind and how it operates. They discuss all the reasons why our minds persistently get in the way of our evolution, growth, and our success. But crucially, they also teach you what you can do to change your destiny. And now, here's your host, Alexandros Megas. Okay, welcome everybody. This is the sixth episode of Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. I'm your host, Alexandros Megas. And I'm the co-host, Vincent Byrne. And today, my friend Vincent gave me an idea about touching on a subject that uh, is, as they say, the elephant in the room. I'm very close to your heart. So, um, so I was watching... Um, a documentary called Out of Shadows on uh, YouTube today. Now, it's a bit conspiracy theorist and all of that, but um, one of the bits that came up was uh, around mind control and the suggestion that um, uh, the um, news and entertainment networks and Hollywood in general actually has been using the narrative in their movies and programs that they make in order to put messages out, uh, to have people accept things that are happening in the world, influencing them in, in lots of ways, whether it become to become, I suppose, comfortable and accepting of, of, of seeing lots of death and killing. And also the idea that, you know, advertising uses this idea of creating thoughts in our head that we have to have certain products. So I just thought it would be a useful, curious thing for me to understand how that works. I'm not doubting the why of it, but uh, I'm curious to know how it works and how they do it. Yeah, that's a good one. This is a, it's a tall order. It's actually one of the one of the reasons why i was uh, very intrigued to find out how to step into hypnosis and and how the mind works because i had a, a lot of suspicions because i also have a an advertising <laughs> background so uh, knowing that deliberately advertising goes out of the way to implant thoughts into our subconscious and that's not you know being in woo-woo land uh, one bit this is everybody i mean everybody should know that at this point right and the idea is then finding out how this is being done and why is it being done and of course the obvious answer would be well you know they want your money so they control your mind then that controlled mind delivers the goods which in this case is uh, dollar signs or euro signs or whatever the currency is. And speaking of currency, ultimately, the one thing that is the most insidious part of what the media does to us, I would say, is collecting our attention because attention is 
currency. Everybody, you know, like uh, Gary V or people like that, you know, they will tell you that every day. Oh, attention is currency, and and it's being used as if it's like, oh my God, that's brilliant, that's awesome, I love that. Attention is currency. Uh, that's great. Let's use it. Let's use that currency. But you know, ultimately, when a marketer prompts you or shows you how you can collect other people's attention, uh, we often overlook what the massive machine behind. I mean, if you, if you can do it, but you know, as an entrepreneur, right, you need to market your craft. And what does that mean? That means create systems through which you can grab people's attention. So if that's the case, I mean, in, in some in some sense, I'm sure that becomes obvious. Okay. In some sense, you victimize the consumer that you are trying to hook. And of course, you do it with a hook, like the advertising hook, right? Hook. You have to hook someone with your whatever, with your story or, or with your crazy visuals or whatever. You have to make people stop, right? What do they call the ever as a term for that? Is it, is it a case, like to my understanding, um, if you take TV advertising, it's, it's, it's out there in the sense that what you see is what you get. I mean, you see the visuals, uh, you know, their attention grabbing and you, whatever the actual audible or the audio uh, that goes with it, that's, that's out there. So is the way that it works that it's a combination of just the visual that you see and the message that you get? Is that implanting something in your mind? Is it appealing to something that, you know, a desire you might have? Or is it actually, uh, from a sinister point of view, starting to implant messages that are in controlling you? So what, what is it? Is, it, is it? is there a sinister aspect to it? Is it out there in front, front of you to see? I don't see anything but sinister when it comes to that. Yeah. Right. It is, it is, it's all sinister, of course, because in essence, it's trying to, well, what is marketing doing? Now, of course, people will say, you know, hey, I have to distract you from what it is that you're doing, right? I have to distract you from what it is that you're doing so that you all of a sudden are kind of uh, uh, surprised. You're in a state of surprise, okay. right? And uh, what, what does this do? In hypnotic terms, is you are. This is called an induction pattern interrupt. That's what it's called. You know, they, they use that. Uh, the marketing industry is, is using this term. You know, oh, you have to create a, pa a pattern interrupt, and no one bats an eye listening to this because people think this is a an ordinary term. Oh, pattern interrupt. Yeah, sure, that makes sense. But what does that mean? The pattern interrupt is a, is putting someone into a hypnotic trance. That's what this is. For example, right, what happens? You've seen those um, shows, the stage hypnosis yeah. shows, right? What so what happens? So uh, the the hypnot, you know, you the hypnotist takes people up on stage and everything. There, so they go to every one of them and they go oh, look at me look at me right here look, and they start kind of 
you know, they start kind of blabbering some nonsense. Usually, you know, it's 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 irrelevant because ultimately, I need to attract your attention. I have to put your attention on something, anything. It doesn't matter what it is, and then I have to interrupt that attention abruptly. Right. For example, you know, you know, I started telling you, hey, Vincent, how was your day today? Did you notice that in your driveway sleep, you know, and then you, you <laughs> and of course, the hypnotist always will do this. The, the, the rapid, the so-called rapid inductions, that's what they do. Right? They will interrupt the critical factor. They will interrupt it because it's trying to comprehend something. It's putting its attention on what is happening right then and there. And then something else comes in from a totally surprising and unexpected side. And it just discombobulates. The, the critical factor, you know, goes to bed. It just, and this is what we call in hypnotic terms, bypassing the critical factor right, of the conscious mind. And when we do that, what do we have? We have a hypnotic Okay, trance. you've got free access in to yeah. subconscious. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what's the difference? Say, is this something that is is only going on, let's say, on TV advertising, or is it going on in? Well, I suppose there's a potential for it to be in radio advertising. But if you take billboards, for example, I mean, is that would that be construed to be, or does can that be set up in such a way that it has that kind of impact? Absolutely. It, it, not only, if, if actually only if it's successfully done. <laughs> sure. If it's successfully done, that's exactly what it does. Otherwise, advertisers are throwing millions of dollars into the toilet. Okay. So basically, all kinds of advertising is is capable of doing this. Yes, of course. Okay. And so what in a in a billboard situation what what is going on there? Is it like obviously you're driving by, is it are they looking to interrupt you or are they just looking to put something into, you know, your peripheral vision as it were as you're looking around watching the road? Is the pattern interrupt as you're driving along the highway? you see something dramatic and impactful. Is that the pattern interrupt? Of course. And that it, it goes both ways, actually. It can happen, it can happen both ways. Okay. It, you know, you can be driving and concentrate on something else, and then you see something that attracts your attention. And then sure. that's a pattern interrupt. Or it could, because as we know, most of the times when we're driving, we are in hypnotic trance. Like we, we, we are an autopilot, right? As they say, in the zone. And so anything that happens within that realm is being absorbed, is going directly into the subconscious. And is it a case that, um, like we talked before about the fact that programming needs repetition? So is it a case that you have to have a situation where the, obviously these billboards are, are strategically placed? So in order for it to have an effect, is it sufficient for a person to see it once or is it intended that seeing it four, five, six, ten, twenty 10, 20 times, this repetition of seeing the billboard is, is what you're looking for in order to try and create new programming, as it were, 
which says, you know, go and buy this car or buy these cigarettes or have this drink or whatever it may be. What's the what's the thinking behind it? Well, it, it used to be, advertising used to be a lot more direct and a lot simpler. As um, the PR and marketing arenas became a lot smarter, a lot more insidious, and they started working with uh, the use, with the help of psychology and the deeper understanding of the human behavior. They started become more, becoming more insidious, and they did that by understanding the basic hypnotic principle that says that if I want to control you, I am not just going to tell you something. For example, like in the 40s or 50s, you know, you'd see an ad and it would be like, buy this uh, detergent because it works. You know, it's a... Sure. It's a great detergent. (laughs) And at that point, I suppose, you know, because the people were not saturated in this kind of um, culture, it, it worked as it was because it still became some kind of a novelty because it was something, of course, the pattern interrupt here is that you are experiencing something, you are experiencing a stimulus mm. that you're not used to. You know, like seeing a commercial, especially like the first few times mm. that commercials aired, uh, that was extraordinary because it was it was people like, oh my God, you know, what's, what is that? I don't know what that is. I've never been exposed to that before. So it becomes a novelty that in and of itself becomes a pattern interrupt. Yeah. But the more saturated you become in this culture, the less that becomes a pattern interrupt. So you have to find other ways to create more insidious paths to get to the subconscious mind. And those ways involve your emotions. So, so it, it signaled when it, when it went beyond the point at which it was novel. And at that stage, advertising consisted of really just giving people information, talking about features rather than anything else. But then it moved into talking about benefits, which obviously triggers emotions. So that, that, that would, would have been the shift. Is, is that fair to say? Sure. But it doesn't even see the most successful advertising these days happens when the ad is barely mentioning a product right and and is only creating a story and narrative that can appeal to the emotions of the viewer Mm. i give an example nike nike is one of the great examples you see this this person like it's a commercial it's about human perseverance and people overcoming obstacles and and beating the odds and becoming you know the winner you know where they were loser before uh, they just drew the power out of them and they were victorious so okay so you see that story Mm. okay and then you don't there's not even a you don't see a sneaker anywhere in that commercial you know what i mean you don't you don't even there's not even a mention of a sneaker you know it would be just a a slogan you know which is a trigger it's a hypnotic trigger in and of itself of course with however many times thousands of times being repeated in this case you know just do it right just do it what what does that even mean Mm. It doesn't mean anything. It means, you know what this is? It's a hypnotic command. 
because the subconscious mind is 100% literal and it will take that command. When I am in a trance and you tell me just do it, I will take, the subconscious mind will take the path of least resistance and will grab the most obvious and the simplest, uh, the easiest path to fulfill that command. So if I'm talking, if I'm, if I am presenting something to you, and then in the end, I say to you, just do it. And then I, I slap a logo on that thing. Clearly, what you are being commanded to do is just go and consume that which I am selling you or that idea which, which I am trying to convince you of. Mm. And but coming back to the to the point, I mean, I get that. Does it need repetition in order to build the program, as it were? Of course, absolutely. Of course, it needs repetition, and this is why commercials and um, and campaigns happen hundreds, thousands of times. I mean, at this point, you know, for me to say to to have it fully memorized that you know if i say to you just do it i wouldn't even ha have to say to you uh, nike i wouldn't even have to mention nike you would know what i'm talking about mm. and and yet the 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 other side of it is that they're also not necessarily designed that when you see the ad even if you've seen it repeatedly that you're actually going to go and act on it straight away no, it's more to do with putting these things into your mind so that when you are in the position, when you're in the sports shop or you're thinking about buying new sneakers or whatever, that you will be drawn towards the just do it and the swoosh and whatever the other uh, messaging is that mirrors what it is, what you've been fed on TV or on the billboards, whatever. So it's all linked together in order to bring you to a place where you will make a decision to buy their product as distinct from anyone else's product. Absolutely. And, and you know, in this case, as you have watched that uh, narrative that brought brought tears to your eyes because it was so human and so relatable and it inspired you and it made you want to be better, to be more, to just thrive, right? I'm putting a parenthesis here because someone will say, well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> and there isn't anything wrong with that. But if that in and of itself is being, that concept in and of itself is being used to manipulate you into insidiously going out there and being driven to select a product, an overpriced product at that, because it, what it triggers in you is that emotion that you felt when you watched that commercial. And of course, the subconscious is drawn towards anything that can stroke it emotionally. Mm. So uh, it will deliver, it will fuel that thing that makes it highlighted right so it's it's in essence the advertising is is creating a feeling when you watch the ad and the hook or the trigger that is used whether it be the just do it or the swoosh or whatever else when that is presented to you in a buying situation when you see it when you're in the sports shop and you've all got all these other brands are we saying that Essentially, in seeing all of that iconography and that message, that that feeling is somehow brought up again. 
Of course, absolutely. And guess what? It, <laughs> there's more. It's not just the feeling isn't just brought up, but we've talked about it before. This is called what? Uh, the compounding. It's a compounding factor, which means the more you're exposed to it, the more your subconscious mind is exposed to the same message, it cements it, it makes it more profound, it makes it more real, yeah. it, uh, it, it makes it unshakable. You know, that becomes a habit. This is exactly what it intends to do in making it into a habit. And of course, you know, there's so many, so many people that will use products, will identify with products because these products make them feel something like uh, abundant or smart or intellectual or yeah. uh, sporty or you know whatever isn't that the reason why we all got i mean you, you have a car even if you buy a car without even caring what the car looks like that also fits into an identity mark that you have about yourself mm. which was then of course again created by something out there by uh, in some form by the media or by i don't know religious beliefs you know like stay humble you know don't, all this stuff all this stuff is programming your mind you know once again there's a, i just said oh stay humble what what is wrong with saying help you know are you crazy staying humble is amazing yeah that's i'm not <laughs> I am not commenting on, on that. I am just saying if what you become, if what we become is a product of someone messing with our minds, are we even ever genuinely, authentically ourselves ever? Mm, true. Yeah. It's um I was just as you were as you were speaking, what was coming up for me was the um the idea that even without using TV advertising, a lot of these luxury brands, say around what Rolex watches and the Ferraris and, and even the, the, the fashion uh, brands, a lot of them don't actually use TV advertising. They, they position themselves in glossy magazines and those magazines are associated with luxury are wealthy or aspire to be wealthy. So, That's right. so people can buy the magazine and then they start to um, dream about owning one of these watches or owning that handbag or whatever. So they're not even having to do it in a way which is a billboard driving down the highway. They're not, they're not having to beam it into your, into your living room. They literally just have to position themselves in vehicles that people who want to feel who, who, who obviously are rich, but people who want to feel rich will buy as well. And, and that it's almost like it feeds the wannabe kind of thought process that, uh, that goes, 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 um, in people's minds. And, uh, and I suppose it ends up with, uh, with people spending a lot of money that in a lot of cases they can't afford, but they like to be able to show the brand carrying that handbag, wearing those shoes, those clothes, that watch, whatever, driving that car. As you say, it says something about them in the same way that, that the, the, the famous Apple ads of when Steve Jobs came back and he, he talked about the, um, the crazy ones, wasn't it? That, the, the, That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yes. yes. And, and it was trying to position people who would own an Apple 
as being different to everybody else. So all of a sudden, everyone wanted to be on the outside owning this particular product, even though it was twice or three times the price of, of a Windows PC or, or laptop. Of course, because that gave you the opportunity to be unique. That gave you the opportunity to be creative. That gave you the opportunity to become not part of the mass. Now you're an individual and Apple grants that yeah. to you. Yeah. So, so I get that in relation to advertising. I mean, it's easy to see so many different uh, examples of it and the way in which our identity is in essence being manipulated in a way that says you need to have that, this if you want to be this kind of person or if you are truly a person like this, you need to have one of these. So you almost have to buy these products in order to validate the person that you say you are. And then you've got others who are aspiring to be to be better or to be different. And in order to validate that aspiration, they have to go and buy products which are different. It's almost like the, the, what you get with people who are into their iPhone and people who are into their Androids. And it's like the anti-iPhone is an identity in itself, um, not yes. wanting to feed into all that Apple stuff, when in fact what they're doing is they're feeding into all that Android stuff. Uh, and Samsung and everyone else are benefiting from the from from that kind of identity. Absolutely, absolutely. So they will attract, they will create, and then attract their crowds according yeah. to the principles that uh, every person is driven by. You see, and it's it's to me, if there's evil, that's what it looks like. Right. I'm sorry, because, you know, and I don't want to be exaggerating one bit here because people don't realize how much of themselves they are spending. Once again, the, the currency, as we said, is attention. That attention, why is it currency? Because it's energy, right? Isn't it uh, the law of attraction that says that energy flows where attention goes? Yeah. So that energy is what? Is your life force is your fuel to become anything. And that energy is being spent on bullshit. Mm. And from that perspective, if you look at it, then that whole thing becomes evil. Now, talking about a product is not the worst. It's not the worst that happens. See, there's a more insidious machine out there, even more so. And that machine is called media media being any kind of consumable, any kind of consumable media, you know, entertainment, sports, which of course is also entertainment, <laughs> news, whatever that is. All right. So what, what does that do? It uh, informs your worldview. Mm -hmm. So if I can change your worldview, I give an example. Now. Let me give you a good example. Back in the 50s, there were this whole communist scare, you know, with the McCarthy era and all this. Yeah. What happened? What happened is that there was a thought form created by the media, by the, you know, whatever, of course, by the government and the government perpetuated that through the media, news or what have you. And uh, it created a belief system. It created a program, a fear triggered program in people's minds that there is this enemy, there is this insidious enemy out there, and it's called communism. 
and it can it can't just uh, affect you by you buying into it in other words if if and if you don't buy into it <laughs> you have to make sure no one else buys into it so which is an orwellian like 1984 uh, thought police kind of um, thing so if you're sitting there and you have like your nice little communist ideas you know talking about oh power of the people and all this but you know mind your own business that's what you believe and i get a whiff of that i cannot allow that to happen because this is the work of the devil so now i have to make sure make certain that you are the enemy as well and even if you have been tricked because now you're diseased you see mm. now you got the virus huh makes sense mm. now you got the virus we are right now in an era in a situation that is actually quite similar people are avoiding one another like uh, as i say like the the devil avoids uh, whatever the cross expression is so we have all been sufficiently convinced that we have to be separatists now we have to be individuals we can't be a whole anymore because being a whole is the enemy we can't be a collective anymore because that is the enemy so the only way for you to be safe is to be by yourself now I am not going to talk about any potential agendas that this perpetuates, but just think, if I had to find a way to break the spirit of the people, what would be better than something like that? Divide and conquer. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> it's the ancient proven techniques. Mm. And that's how you do. You know, you use what? You use fear. You use fear, panic-driven programs to make sure because this is like this is the root chakra right this is your survival your preservation instincts that are massively powerful so if i can find a way to appeal to those you are mine mm. right i can mop the floor with you because if i can convince you that i know there is an enemy I have identified the enemy. I have co I have confirmed the enemy. I have informed you of the enemy and then told you the only way for you to survive the enemy is put your full trust in me. Sounds like religion. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. It's it's religion as as any program as any belief system really is. I mean to it doesn't really show when it comes to the little things, the little beliefs, you know. But when it comes to bigger issues, that, yeah, like politics, for example, politics is a religion. Mm. It's like I have come across, you know, in my family, friends, so many times people will defend to their death, quite literally sometimes, a political party, regardless of the evidence they have to uh, the fact that it's detrimental to their well-being. Mm. Yeah, like people, uh, it, it often reminds me with some of the politics that you see that it's almost like supporting a football team. That's exactly what it is, yeah. And, and just because you wear one color shirt and they wear another color shirt, that's justification enough to find them as, as the enemy, whether it be a political thing. And even in some 
you know, some football rivalries, Rangers and Celtic in Scotland, for example, gets quite nasty because it has all kinds of additional meanings around religion and original source and all that sort of stuff. And we saw it ourselves here in in the north of Ireland with for a, a lot of the troubles that went on for so many years, you, you would look at it and you would see they're just picking on someone because they happen to be designated on one side or the other, regardless of whether they have stated that they're even following the 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 ideology of the particular side that they're supposed to represent just because they wear a particular jersey. That's enough to be for them to be my enemy. And on the flip side as you say, when horrendous behavior and atrocities are presented to a side and, and they're, they're asked to explain them, not so much justify them, they will justify them. They will, they will find a way to do it because not only are they doing it for you, but they're actually doing it for themselves, which is more important because that allows them to hang on to the identity that they are aligned with. That's right. Because they have to explain this away mm. to themselves. They have to try and rationalize it. Mm. Because if they can't rationalize it, they will go insane. Mm. You know what I mean? This is what happens when the, when the subconscious believes something that is entirely, absolutely nonsensical and uh, self-destructive, for example, the conscious mind will do everything it can to find out how to categorize it, rationalize it, and come up with really, really good explanations of why this absolutely has to happen. Mm. You know, once again, like, for example, when uh, I talked to my friend, uh, I mentioned that little story where he, he was, you need to stop smoking. And, and I asked him, why do you smoke? Oh, he relaxes me, gives me... A moment to gather my thoughts, right? And we we know that this is just bullshit. This is the real reason. But he needs to have a reason in in which he trusts. Otherwise, he would have to accept that he is engaging in self-destructing behavior for no reason at all. I mean, wow, only an insane person would do that. Mm. And in terms of the just the the media, I mean, the example that you, you've given around the current situation is one thing. But even if you take, let's call it relative normality, the agenda of the media on a on a day-to-day -day basis is, is what? Because obviously, if you look at the whole news thing, uh, invariably, when you look at newspapers and you look at, um, at TV, it's all geared towards negative news. It's all geared towards disasters it's all geared towards gory you know murders and all of that sort of stuff and with the amount of positive stuff that's also going on in the world you know you it's quite clear to see that um the agenda is all about voyeurism and, and bringing people in to see these horrendous situations presumably so people will just keep watching and keep feeding on it in order to boost ratings generate more advertising sales all that sort of stuff i mean that's 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 the agenda presumably well the, this is only part of the agenda the more insidious agenda is that the more you watch the more you get horrified the more you you panic the more you get scared the more you get angry the more you get confused and 
a person that is driven by all those qualities is extremely easy to manipulate. Right. So that stuff renders you literally into a slave. You become a slave of a system that then will present a problem and then you react to that problem. You're like, oh, oh my God, how dare they? This is bullshit. <laughs> Do something about it, right? And, and then, uh, of course, you know, a solution arrives, as it always does. And that solution is putting your freedoms into a greater risk than ever before. But of course, in, in order for you to be feel secure, feel secure, not be secure, uh, you will do anything, mm. right? You will do anything for that. And so you will submit, you will surrender. This is slavery. So in a, as I say, on a, in, a, in a relatively normal situation outside the current one. So what's going on in order to, what, what's the end game with, with something like that? You know, you're talking about news channels, feeding this kind of fear and gore and and all that you know salacious stuff whatever so they're feeding you this and it's you know it's building up an appetite as well just getting more people to watch you're saying that ultimately those channels also have an agenda to ensure that you stay almost blindly following whatever they put out so if they decide in a in an election to support a particular candidate, they can be pretty sure that that they have a whole bunch of followers who can be directed to vote for a particular candidate. Yes, of course, of course. Okay. Or, or anything else for that matter. You know what I mean? Like uh, take take a, I don't know, like a pharmaceutical commercial. Which is, the pharmaceutical commercial is not just there to tell you that if you don't step into our realm, if you don't accept that we know what's up, we know what your problem is and we know how to fix it. And, and you then make them the gods. Mm. You have completely surrendered your sovereignty in the hands of an industry that all it, it cares about you as much as a drug dealer cares about you. Sure. So a drug dealer cares about you in a sense that they need to make sure that you are kept alive and relatively functional so you can keep buying drugs. Mm. So, Okay. And one of the things that came up, and I know we're running short on time now, but um, one of the things that came up in that documentary was the way that entertaining, entertainment, whether it be in movies or in TV programs that are made, that Hollywood was being used to put out a certain agenda by making movies that either pushed a worldview that, as it was suggested, the CIA wanted people to have around America and immigrants or America and communists or whatever, but also to make people, so showing murder and showing you know, fairly gory stuff on in TV programs. So this isn't real, so it's okay. But it made sure that people became used to seeing it. As a result, almost were inoculated against the horror of some of the behaviors and, you know, whether it be murders or rape or whatever. The war. We're pushing, yeah, war, yeah. So they're pushing this agenda so people were able to 
accepted as the norm and also to feel uh, detached from it to the extent that they they didn't feel involved. It was like when they saw it on the news, it was out there. It was almost entertainment. When they saw it, you know, Bruce Willis in an action movie, it's out there and it's entertainment. Is that that agenda? And I heard you mentioned you mentioned earlier the the McCarthy trials, uh, etc. Uh, around the communism issue is is that i can understand it back then is that a real thing currently it's more real than it's ever been because the sophistication of that tv programming and the term is programming yes <laughs> by the way i wonder why hmm. the sophistication of these programs is is supreme And he will, with the right kind of storytelling, uh, the right kind of narrative, the right kind of storytelling, the right kind of craft and artistry, you will convince anyone that what you are presenting is the truth, that this guy is the bad guy, that that guy is the good guy, and uh, uh, vice versa, you know, whatever your agenda may be. And you will stick by that subconsciously now because you identified with the hero and... Um, Now, you know, like, for example, you know, that, that uh, the Russian spy is, is a horrible human being. <laughs> and yeah. So if, uh, if you need to save yourself and save your country, you have to eliminate that parasite, you know. So, so that creates uh, that insidious kind of um, programming in people's hearts. And, and it's very easy, it's very hard to, to shake that, you know, once it's been created and compounded for so long. There's a, a great documentary, I don't know if you're aware of it, it's called The Manufacturing Consent by Noam Chomsky. It was made, I don't know, like a decade ago. It's brilliant because it will tell you how what you think you are subscribing to because of your own free will is nothing but... It's just absolutely horrifying. Right. And, and, and that goes from signing into a sports team to a political party to anything, anything. People then will choose to align themselves with some kind of principle and believe that they came up with that. But that's, that couldn't be further from the truth. Right. There was a, an interesting quote, actually, in, in the documentary today. I don't remember who said it, but it was along the lines of, it's easier to fool someone than to convince them that they've been fooled. Oh, absolutely. That's a, I think, um, I don't remember who said that, but that's a, that's a quote. Mm. Absolutely. It's absolutely true. So rather than leave this in a state of depression <laughs> and the fact that our minds are not our own and they've been controlled by other people, you know, how, how do we deal with this? How do we, how do we be one of those anyway that doesn't become or doesn't stay being hypnotized in this way and controlled? What do we need to do? Switch off our TVs and all of our devices? That's not a bad idea, but um, that's... That's easier said than done these days because we're literally plugged into the system, into the matrix. But the solution that I adhere to at all times and always is question everything. Question everything and most of all, yourself. Because what is your mind trying to do? It's trying to kill you. It's just interesting that there's so much going on that we don't realize And then when you start to shine a light on it, it all starts to make sense. And that's what I feel about this when it was when it, when I was 
when I was prompted today by what I saw, you know, absolutely, it just makes so much sense. Let's 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 make that make that the subject of our our chat this evening. So it was uh, it's really interesting to get those insights. So I'm sure everyone found them useful as well. Hopefully. So until next uh, week. Let's be careful out there. And don't let your mind kill you. Thanks for listening to Your Mind is Trying to Kill You with Alexandros Megas and Vincent Byrne. If you like our show and want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, then we would love if you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And you'd be doing us a big favor if you would support us by leaving a review as well. It would also be great if you would take a screenshot of this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media. So join us next Wednesday when we talk more about mind hacking and taking back control of your life. Until then, have a great week.